Marijuana smoking, experts point out, can make a helpless addict of its victim within weeks, causing physical and moral ruin and death. The first legally sold marijuana here goes to an Iraqi war veteran. A new insurance study out this week looked at car crashes in several states that allow the use of recreational marijuana. Peter You're a doc. You've studied this. You've talked to the researchers. You're right. saying marijuana can kill cancer cells. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. Marijuana is illegal under federal law. States have legalized recreation. No wonder you can't open your eyes. What do you expect to open yourself up with this round stuff? What do you know about pot? All right, good morning. Thank you for tuning in and joining us today. I'm Jen Procacci, your host, and this is the Cannabis Hour. Thanks so much. We've got a great show for you today. As you know, 420 is coming up in just a week. So today we are going to be discussing an awesome event that is happening in Round Valley here in Mendocino County on 420. That is a Bokashi Ball Workshop. And we have some folks here with us today that are organizing and facilitating this workshop. We have Katie from Golden Fig Gardens and Quotemog Via and Ray Hart from Ground Culture um, Portland. And they are going to be educating us all about the awesomeness of Bokashi and telling us about this great workshop that they are bringing to our community. So I'm just gonna go ahead and introduce them here. We have Quotemak Via. He is a Taino, Aztec, and Mayan living soil educator, a regenerative farmer and father. He is a friend of the microbes, a student of their ancient wisdom, and a teacher of their ways. For over 20 years, he has partnered with the microbes using Bokashi, biochar, and compost teas to grow resilient plants and bioremediate land and water. Kotemok is passionate about remembering and restoring indigenous agricultural ways and tribal ecological knowledge to honor land, ancestors, and future generations. He shares these practices with people of all ages and backgrounds through school garden programs, online and hands-on workshops, conferences, and consultations with farmers and growers across the world. And we also have Ray Hart here with us this morning. Ray Hart is a former ICU nurse turned regenerative farmer who is dedicated to community health and agriculture that honors the earth. She is passionate about reweaving the magic and medicine of our ancestral earth back into our everyday lives through cultivation and connection. In 2018, she founded Ground Culture in Portland, Oregon with a commitment to working in partnership with the fungi to grow beautiful food, medicine, and networks for healing. Over the years, Ground Culture has partnered with grassroots organizations and community projects to provide high-quality mushroom medicine and cultivation education. Ray works as a farmer and folk herbalist on Wapato Island Farm, and she manages Save Island Native Plant Nursery. So also here with us today is Katie of Golden Figs Garden, which is a cannabis companion planting. She is a cannabis companion planting advocate and has worked with growers in the Emerald Triangle for over a decade, educating on regenerative practices. Focused on food forests, seed saving and diversified small spaces, 
She is the mom of a homeschooling family, presently raising three boys, chickens, ducks, a dog, and cats, and all sorts of medicinally edible roots, fruits, flowers, and herbs on her 1.5-acre Monarch-certified way station homestead with her partner, Noah. Golden Fig Gardens organizes and offers seasonally-themed monthly workshops in Round Valley, having the opportunity to collaborate with and bring guest presenters, like for this event we will be speaking about today, into the remote reservation community is a real dream come true, timed to be an epic kickoff to Covalo's Earth Day weekend celebrations. So Golden Fay Gardens will also have an informational display booth with some of their homegrown goods at the Festival for Earth Day in Covalo, and we will discuss that as well. All right. Would you all like to go around and say good morning to our listeners? Katie, are you here with us? Would you like to say good morning? Yes. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for having us on the show, Jen. And uh, thank you very much to Quatamuk and Ray for, yeah, making this happen for us. Yes. Thank you, Katie. Good morning. Quatamuk, do you want to go ahead and say good morning, too? Hey, good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, uh, Mendocino Emerald Triangle. Good to be here. Thank you guys all for uh, listening in and putting this together. We have some important information that we hope to bring the community together and more importantly, um, heal the waterways that we all live around. All right, Ray, would you like to go ahead and say good morning? Yes, good morning, Jennifer and everybody listening. Thank you so much for being with us today. And for helping us to bring this amazing event and these precious microbe mud balls down to Round Valley. We're so excited. Awesome. Me too. This is going to be such a great conversation this morning. And before we move forward with talking about the mud ball workshop and all of the awesome Bokashi information you are going to share with us, I wanted to start the show by asking you all, what is your personal relationship with cannabis? Something I like to ask my guests. So Katie, would you like to go first? Um, yeah, I just <laughs> wrote down the first three things that popped into mind when you asked that question. And I would describe cannabis as a friend, guide, and um, healer slash helper. Wonderful. Thank you. Kotemok, you want to go ahead and tell us about your personal relationship with cannabis as well? Um, yeah, so from long time as a youth, we'll see from the first time I seen this plant growing, I knew there was something about its energy. Um, its leaves would show up in our alcohol bottles, which our parents used, but it was the forbidden plant, so we really never talked about it. And then um, as I got to learn more about the cannabis plant, it really became a life guide for me. And I was injured in 97 in an electrical accident where I uh, became part of the cannabis uh, Prop 215 in 98. So I was like one of the first 3,000 patients. And I, I, it changed my life And because I was using traditional medicines. And it became a big savior, not only for me, but for my, my family, who was also suffering from different ailments, and then the community. And so it still seems to kind of be like the link in guiding me. Um, the, it guided me to the microorganisms, you know, how to take care of soil. So everything you're going to hear today, we learned from cultivating cannabis and the plant I feel still guides us today in all these different avenues. Very beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Ray, do you have something you would like to say about your personal relationship with cannabis? 
I do. Um, the plants are so important to me. They're such a huge part of my life and plant medicine is, is, is what really gets me through every single day. It's, it's hard for me to pick a plant that I love the most, but to be honest, without a doubt, I know that the, the plant that has been the greatest medicine for me personally has been cannabis and is my daily friend and teacher. And I couldn't, I couldn't do anything that I do without that friend. So I'm super grateful to cannabis for being in my life. Oh, thank you guys for sharing these very heartfelt statements. And thanks for being such wonderful members of our cannabis community. You're all awesome OGs. <laughs> Seriously. All right. So before we get started with uh, Bokashi and everything that it can do for us, I want to get the information out there about this workshop specifically. So this workshop is going to be taking place on 420. That's next Thursday. So seven days from today. And 1 to 3 p.m., it's going to be on the Library Commons patio. So that is right in downtown Covalo. I don't have the address in front of me, but I will have that um, by the end of the show today. And so for more information, you can contact goldenfigsgardens.com. Is that correct, Katie? Is that the best way to find out more info? Mm -hmm. Goldenfiggardens.com or um, directly through Ground Culture. Okay, great. All right. So what inspired you all to create this Bokashi Ball workshop together? Well, Go ahead, Katie. Take it. all right. Um, they were very generous, actually, to um, I know these folks through Instagram. I was first introduced to them, actually, through a Shaping Fire podcast where Bottomuck did some incredible education on biochar that got Noah and I super pumped. Um and we've been doing a lot with Bokashi for a while, trying to educate in the community, but these people are amazing storytellers and they bring the science and the uh, mythology and they weave it all together so beautifully. So long story short, I, we got a scholarship to attend one of their workshops on Zoom and I managed to make it happen while I was like on mute doing dishes and managing my three kids. But the virtual attendance was the most beautiful thing because his storytelling had me laughing and had me crying. <laughs> and I was like, we got to bring this to Round Valley. Everyone yeah. needs to, to hear this. And, um, and then the magic of being able to actually feel it and actually do it with the mud balling, rolling the balls, getting your hands in the microbes. It's just what these people are bringing is so full circle. I, it was a dream vision that was sprouted. And so then I started chasing after it. And here we are. Yeah, it's not hard to convince me to go back to, you know, Emerald Triangle. When I was first learning this thing, I've been in it 20 years, but there wasn't a lot of people to talk about um, microbial stuff with, but there was in Laytonville. So I, I was able to talk to Alan Ackerson up there and, and, and the Grokashi team. So this is like where we all started from, you know? So when I found out she was like, this is like a Round Valley project about to happen, Plus my ties already, like I said, I'm, I've been in Oregon now for about seven years, but my ties are all California. So we do a lot of tribal work out there. Um, so to, to be part of like the Round Valley um, team over there, th this is, it's not hard to do. Like I said, we don't, really, we don't really have the funding yet for this thing, but when she says like, it's going to be here and it's there, it's like, yes, let's just do it. Everything should line up no matter what it's an honor to just be able to go back and um contribute where we started from and now it's much richer you know we we've got this thing doing before it was just an idea and we were able to capture a couple schools but now now it's a regular thing 
So it should flow very nicely and hopefully encourage more people to continue doing what we're going to bring to Round Valley. Wonderful. That is awesome. Yes, our community needs all the little injections of positivity that it can get right now. So I really appreciate all of you coming together and bringing this knowledge out to Round Valley as we are quite a remote place. So I would love if one of you would break down Bokashi for our listeners. You know, let's assume that someone's listening who has absolutely no idea what Bokashi is. They've never even heard the word before. Um, Could you go ahead and just tell them what it's all about? Bokashi is a Japanese word. It means fermented organic matter. And um, the organic matter could be many different substrates. But essentially what it is, is it's inoculated, it's fermented with, with a specific group of uh, beneficial microorganisms that are, we know them as like lactic acid bacteria from like pickles. If you think of pickles, how food can sit in a brine but not be, not go rotten, it, the lactic acid bacteria, it's a clean freak. So it keeps pathogens away. So our food stays preserved. So this particular bacteria has the capacity to clean. So that's one of the microbes in the Bokashi. Another one's going to be yeast, which we know from like beer, bread, wine. The, the micro activity from the yeast is it's able to digest organic matter quickly. So it's ripping through, making things bioavailable. And the lactic acid bacteria is keeping things clean. They work as pretty good partners together. But then there's a third um, microorganism in there, which it has a big name, purple non-sulfur bacteria. But it, it, for short, we call it PNSB. But it really is, it's, it lives in the belly of a worm. So we know how good worms are for the soil. But they also use it in the food industry to make the big holes in the Swiss cheese. That's because as it consumes sugars, the gases that it's giving off, these huge amounts of gases that they're using to make the Swiss cheese, these gases are actually oxygen. When we look more into the purple non-sulfur bacteria, we realize like this is an ancient microbe. This is one of the microbes that probably lived on Earth when planet Earth was very toxic, volcanoes, methane gas everywhere, CO2, because this particular microbe can eat all of these compounds that are typically toxic to living organisms. It eats them as food, but then it digests them and processes them out as amino acids and fulvic acids, which are the building blocks for life, but it's also gassing off a ton of oxygen. So you can see how this planet would have flipped from these types of microorganisms consuming the toxicity and then bringing back the oxygen. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing with, with these microorganisms. So that's a little bit about Bokashi. It's a select group of microbes, all of them food grade, that's put onto a substrate that's fermented and made more bioavailable. Awesome. Thank you so much for breaking that down in such a clear way. I'm, I'm certainly learning already here. So how can these microbes help us grow cannabis, grow better vegetables, um, and especially how can they help us remediate our waterways? I'm really interested in that aspect. Yeah, so first thing we learned about, I mean, when we started using this for gardening, and, and we're learning that these microbes are digesting things. Remember, I tell you, the yeast is making things bioavailable. The lactic acid bacteria is keeping pathogens away, so I'm not getting my PMs or my botrytis. But what started to really happen is the smells started to change. Now, 20 years ago, when we did this and we noticed like, 
all right, this flower smelling dank, what's going on? We didn't know about terpenes. There wasn't a place to do terpene tests. But this, the group of people doing this kind of regenerative farming knew that our flowers, even though we're growing the same cuts, and there might have been differences in you know geographical locations, but essentially there was more profiles in those flowers. I mean, you had front nose, you know, there was a front taste on that thing, a middle and an end, to where most people mainly had just one monoterp going you can tell like something's going on something's happening so down the line as science advanced in cannabis and we're able to bring things to testing and the terpene test really became a thing that's when we started to realize like those flavors we're tasting those are terpenes and those terpenes those are compounds and medicinal so us being involved in medical cannabis we knew like to get the most biochemistry from these cultivars we had to give them that regenerative soil development and the more microbials and diversity we had breaking soil stuff down, then that allowed the plant to bring up those different um, compounds to create the terpene. Because when you look at the terpene, it's just a carbon ring. And those carbon rings have different attachment, which makes them different. But if you can essentially make those carbon rings stronger, they're going to stay on the plant longer during the drying process. They're not going to get break, break down and gas off. So then you're going to capture more essentially the story or the terpenes of that plant. So things like the biochar, which is like pure carbon, right? You're talking about 80% carbon on some of these uh, tests on biochar. That's going to influence the electrical static of the carbon ring of the terpene. So back then we knew like, all right, these are indigenous things we're doing. We know that all this love is going to make the plant different. But now we can catch up and we have the science lingo to back up what we felt with our heart already. And we knew like, this is the medicine that's really changing people. This is, you need very little of this medicine compared to some of these other plants because you had the biochemistry within it. So that's kind of how we learned about how the microbes work with making a better plant. But then, you know, the kid, you know, I'm, I'm, at the time I just got hurt as an electrician, the kids needed help in the school garden and um there's no money the schools have no money so then we're at the time is using the bokashi to capture food waste and ferment it to grow our gardens which is reducing our costs because you know the price of pounds are dropping so the more things i can capture and ferment and bring into my um my medical production site the cheaper it was so same thing with the school kids garden the kids are throwing away all their veggies all their good good stuff eating the cookies right but I would capture that in a, in a bucket, ferment it with these microbes, and then we would be able to use that compost in four weeks, fermented, totally bioavailable, and, and create the gardens. So th this is where I really started to learn, like, oh, man, food waste, you know, redirecting that through education, and then at the same time making super killer herb at the same time. I really started to really resonate with me. And then um, we decided to, because in Japan, this is like all normal stuff. So when you look online, you realize all the things they're doing with Bokashi. And one of them was rolling mud balls. And they're rolling mud balls with the Bokashi to clean waterways. So I'm thinking, let's go ahead and do this thing. And it's funny because Earth Day coming up, it's going to be eight years when we first did it with the school. And I'm going to be back there again for Earth Day to kind of celebrate and do the same thing. But these are things that they're done worldwide. We just kind of didn't know about them. And when you can get people together to roll them up and you're, it, this isn't, we're not making this up. This is nothing new. It's done all over the world. 
you know, MIT now has partnered with the Bocacci Ball technology to even like put real more data and bring in more of the academic side because, you know, we need to team up with grassroots and academic to make this thing happen. So it's kind of a little experience of how we've taken it from like our backyard gardens and, and medicinal production to the community. And now, you know, here we are, are trying to do it everywhere. That is incredible. I feel so inspired by what you're saying and totally inspired to incorporate Bokashi into my own cannabis garden. And I have a bunch of questions that I want to ask you, but real quick, I'm just going to say that we have a found dog announcement here. So I'm going to announce that and then we'll get back to our conversation. So we have a black and white Alaskan Malamute male dog. Name on tag is Lotus. Found around Navarro and Flynn Creek. That's Navarro and Flynn Creek. Please call Pam at 707-895-3524 if you know this dog. So that number again is 707-895-3524. Call Pam if you know Lotus, the black and white Alaskan Malamute. All right. So let's get back to our conversation here. Where was this school where you first did this Bokashi work? Mount George Elementary School was the first school that we started working with. My, my kids had went there and I was an assistant. And then you know, that's in Napa, California. And then right next door, uh, Vichy Elementary, still in Napa, we, we got them to partake. And then it ended up Sonoma Ecology Center was tapping into 34 different schools. And they thought it'd be a good idea if I come and took on the garden program, at least the soil side. So I was able to take this to, to around Sonoma County as well through Sonoma Ecology Center. That is awesome. And so prior to you incorporating it into the schools, um, where had you first encountered Bokashi? Did you say that it was in people's cannabis gardens? No, not at all. I want to say hello. My sister was the one. Hi, Suchi. Hi, Ayana. She came home with her boyfriend and she's my younger sister. So she brings her boyfriend home and you got a question and find out who this guy is, right? And he happened to be um, one of the first four guys to bring Bokashi to the United States. And at the time I was growing, but using MPK as all of us were, and, you know, addicted to the hydro stores. And he, he was like, no, 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 no. Do you know if you take care of the microorganisms in the soil, they'll provide all of these elements you're, you're buying? And I'm thinking, microorganisms? What's he talking about? We, we don't even talk about this thing, right? So... He was the one for me that kind of kicked it off and it made sense. So when, once I started to take care of the microorganisms, I didn't need to go to the hydro store anymore. I mean, I was throwing away basically my, my nutrients for my gardens. So I, I asked him if I can take an internship with him. His name is uh, Peter Noose and he let me make his Bokashi and I, I made his Bokashi for him. So, but back then, you know, think about it, 20 plus years ago in cannabis, Michael Rise was just barely starting to be talked about. So when people would talk, look at us talking about propylene sulfur bacteria, lactic acid, and right? Like we're aliens. So um, it, it was hard to kick this thing off. A lot of it was education because you couldn't sell something people didn't know. So that that's kind of how I learned it was from my sister. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so when did you first incorporate it into growing cannabis or when did you first see it like working in somebody's cannabis garden? 
Um, we did it immediately. He was a he's a um, Rasta roots farmer, so they had lots of projects going on, and you know we had our thing going on. So immediately we put it. We started running the bokashi in the, in the plants, and you can see lift in those plants. You know we we refer to it as praying when the plants we can see them really humming and resonating. But they would pray two days after dropping the bokashi, and then you would see this white fuzz on the soil, which we call hyphae now. But you can tell, like, all right, well, there's nothing I'm using that is actually has life like this. So you can tell, like, there was life from the hyphae that seemed to relate and correspond with that praying of the plant. So it was, like, immediately. And then, you know, the more, um, the better food we were able to ferment food waste, then that meant the more nutrient-rich tea we were collecting from the Boccaccio buckets. It's really clicked and made a lot of sense that, this is all related. This the, the soil health and the plant, it's it, it's related. And I was growing, like I would say, we would grow the same cuts as a lot of our friends. And then when we would come back together, they would just be completely different terpene profiles. So then everybody would just start running the thing. Um, I was working at the time over there at Peace and Medicine down for, for in Sebastopol. So they gave me some rows where we were able to use the Bokashi and they were doing a traditional MPK production, just like everyone else. But then the plants, you can see the lift and you can see how they would um, keep the botrytises away. So that's kind of where it would take off. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Praying all day. I definitely know what you're talking about. That's great. So Katie, do you guys incorporate Bokashi in your gardening and farming practices over there at Golden Fig Gardens? Yes, we do, Jen, and it's ironic because I'm actually sitting out here next to my um, this Bokashi living kitchen composter bucket that I had ordered back in the day for the village hearth because we were doing education projects on this and workshops for the community um, at the hearth, and the hearth was incorporating Bokashi in their own composting practices there in downtown Kovalo, and um yeah, you know, with with the intention of that becoming a model garden that the community would get a chance to see and taste the difference of of when this food is being grown with all these beautiful, beneficial beings. Um, you know, there's a lot of different names for them in the whole Rudolf Steiner and Waldorf school of thought. You know, he liked to refer to the garden divas. Um, our kids love to talk about fairies and spirits. And so, you know, microbe as Quatamuk so beautifully said, you know, the science lingo to back up the heart. It's all coming together now. It's all coming full circle. And that's where I get really excited because I'm a, I have the heart, but um, I'm, I'm forcing myself <laughs> to learn the, the science speak so that I can communicate better with everyone. Because otherwise, you know, the mythology really resonates with me. The story of the plant, the stories that I see repeated over and over through alchemy and astrology and everywhere we look, um, but to have the science meeting the heart, it's an exciting time we're in right now, definitely. Yes, yes. thank you. Thank you, Katie. That is a great summary. And I do remember the hearth doing the Bokashi um, composting, and that was really special. Can you tell us a little bit about this bucket you're talking about? Because my next question about the Bokashi was, do you do it in just a traditional compost pile style or is there some kind of special vessel that it works better to keep it in? Um, I'm sure Quantum can 
he's probably he's got way more experience than I do with educating on this, but there's many different ways it can be done. We don't I have repurposed my Bokashi bucket for my bees this year because <laughs> we do our composting. This is the bucket is a very clean way of doing it like in a um, in a, you know, restaurant setting, a small kitchen or cafe setting. Um, the way we do our backyard composting is a little bit different. But there's many different ways of working with Bokashi is by point and understanding and yeah, they can accept yeah. that better. Yeah, so the bucket's going to be a five-gallon bucket. If you wanted to do your do your own, you could put two five-gallon buckets together, but drill holes in, in, in one of them so you can get um, when the fermentation happens in the food waste, you're going to get a beautiful tea that you can collect and use during the fermentation that's rich in microorganisms. So the one that they sell has a spigot. If you're a handy person, you can put a spigot on it. But what's, if you can separate the food waste from the collection tea site then it keeps everything flowing nicely but the point is is that if you could collect your food waste um and then add the bokashi you're going to take your food waste down a fermentation path of breakdown instead of the thermophilic path of breakdown that we're used to compost taking so the bucket has to be closed it has to be sealed if the bucket's left open, then other organisms can land on there and create, you know, it's Russian roulette once other organisms begin to land on the food waste. So keeping it closed ensures you only have the beneficial microbes on the Bokashi. And then that's how you can ferment everything, even meats, bones, things like that you don't normally compost can be composted with the Bokashi bucket. And one, it takes two weeks after you fill that bucket to ferment and after it ferments for two weeks, you're getting the nice teas down at the bottom. You can use that tea in the garden at about a tablespoon per uh, gallon of water. But um, you'll take that food waste after two weeks out into the garden and you'll dig a hole or a trench where you're going to be planting. Dig that thing down about 15 inches so critters don't get it. Put it into the earth, cover it up. Then you wait two weeks after that. Then you could plant your plants right on top of that earth where you're going to have all the nutrients because, you know, from the bucket that this is what's going to feed um, your your plants during the growing season. So you can kind of think of like hugel mound, but with fermented food waste. And since it's fermenting and not going thermophilic, you're not going to heat up your soils and you're not going to be a low pH that can make things sour. So it's a great way to use food waste in, in a hill style, mound style farming where you won't have to feed the plants for a long time. And it'll have a good holding uh, water holding capacity. That is great. I just love the timing of this show that we have, you know, right now in the springtime, while hopefully everybody's getting excited for their gardens and they've got their little seedlings growing. And now I just love having you all on here to share this knowledge with us that people can hopefully incorporate into their gardens this year. So I would love to touch a little bit on on how exactly the Bokashi um, works to support our waterways. Is that something that you would like to speak on, um, Kodemok, or anybody else that feels inspired to talk about that? Okay, so for the microorganisms, when we use them, because you know I did mention there are three different types of microorganisms, when we're using them and we put them into the soil, if I were to go back later and take the microscope and look for them, no matter how much I use of these three groups of microorganisms, they're going to be hard to find. Now, this really blows everyone's mind because traditionally you would think when well, you're using them all the time, they, they have to be the dominant species. But what's great about it is 
these microorganisms are actually a catalyst for what we call the indigenous microorganisms that are native to each specific area. So basically, you know, if you think of the food web, how things are gobbling up each other, these particular microbes in the Bokashi are actually going to be gobbled up by the indigenous microbes that live in your area. And a lot of times those microorganism populations have diminished because of conditions, you know, pesticides. There's many reasons why microorganisms come in, uh, health come in uh, decline. But when you can provide them the right health, the right food, it's like you eating the right food and getting the right health. They begin to come back. So then when I use them in the waterways, that's exactly what's happening, is that I'm starting to feed those aquatic microorganisms, feeding them good nutrient-dense foods, right, this, this new Bokashi, and then this makes them strong. This makes them come back and resilient, and the immune of that waterway then changes. Um, so when we think about, you know, when we get those algae blooms that were known the Eel River to have, if we can have the microorganisms in place that can consume that nitrogen, it's not just those algae blooms that are doing it, then the, the food source is gone, then those blooms reduce down. So the population of the waterway we know within the eel, it's not in its prime. So it's like us eating yogurt to fix our bellies. That's exactly what we're gonna be doing is adding in the yogurt to the waterways. The natural microbes, within the waterway, not take them over. Wonderful. Thank you so much for explaining that. That was very, very clear and easy to understand there. So Ray, I would love to hear from you if you wanted to talk a little bit about ground culture and what you do with that organization up there in Portland. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so I started ground culture in 2018 and um, I partnered and I'm still partnering with my business partner, Jennifer Serna, who um, owns Wapato Island Farm. And we get to farm and live in a very, very special place. It's called Savi Island. Uh, the original name for the, pe the indigenous peoples who lived here was Wapato Island. And um, Wapato is a tuber. It's super nutrient dense first food. And it was farmed and cultivated here. It, on the second largest river island in the U.S., so that's where we live and farm, and where I've I've grown the the company Ground Culture. Although I wouldn't really call it a company, it's definitely more of a a community project. Um, my main focus when I founded Ground Culture after quitting my job as an ICU nurse and really looking to the plants and the mushrooms to lead me deeper down the path of what real medicine is. Um, <clears throat> That that has really blossomed over the years, and I've been able to work in partnership with so many different organizations to help not only grow beautiful mushroom medicine and share it with the community, but also to teach people how to grow and make their own mushroom and plant medicine. We also teach a lot about fermentation on our farm. We make vinegars, and we use those vinegars and infuse them with plants and mushrooms. So we're, we're all about medicine. We're all about empowering people um, to grow and make and use plants and mushrooms as medicine. And everything that we do is done with volunteers. So it's it's for me, it's it's a journey. It's it's not really like there's no been no goal other than to just listen and to learn and to work in community to help provide people who don't normally have access to this medicine 
um, the opportunity to not only have it in their lives, but to grow it for themselves. And um, now I get to partner with such an amazing person, Quatemoc, and we are together getting to teach things that I'm also just learning. Like I'm learning Bakashi and I've just learned about Bakashi balls and recently. So for me, this side of it is new. The mushrooms are my old friends. The plants are my old friends, but I'm a student of the microbes now too. And yeah, I'm so excited to get to share it with more people through ground culture. So thank you for giving us the opportunity to come and share it with you in Round Valley. Oh, thank you, Ray. I'm so inspired to hear about the work you're doing with ground culture. And I am i can't wait to welcome you out here in Round Valley to share all your knowledge. And I'm so interested if you don't mind sharing with um, our listeners about what inspired you to make this shift from being an ICU nurse to working more in regenerative farming was, did you have experience um, with farming before then, or what was that shift like for you? Mm, good question. <laughs> and, you know, once again, even, even after so many years, I look back, I'm like, wow, every, every year I see more and more parts of the story unfolding and, and how I got led here and why I got led here. But, um, I started studying plants and plant medicine when I was 18, and that was the same time I started going to nursing school. And during the during that time, I was learning two different, two very different views of how uh, how how we view healing. How um, and one was really resonating with me, and one was really not. But I was investing so much time and so much energy in becoming a nurse and learning so much in that process um, while simultaneously learning so much about the plants. And the plants were becoming my medicine more and more every day. And as time went on and as I graduated nursing school, I started working in the hospital. I started to get really sick. Every day I was getting sicker and sicker. And um, I, I ended up for myself turning to the plants and saying, hey, you know, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. I don't know how to get out of here, but I just, I really need your help. And um, the day that I said that, when I stood up, I snapped my foot, uh, snapped my ankle, and I never was able to go back to work after that. Like my ankle just would not heal. So that started me down a whole nother path. I, I went back to school and started studying the plants as medicine. And I started spending a lot of time in the forest. And that's when the mushrooms really started calling to me. And I started growing the plants and growing the mushrooms and meeting more and more people who I resonated with and being away from the hospital and working it as, as a, a cog in a machine that I, I, I didn't believe in it being away from that and, and just going deeper in my relationship with the plants and the mushrooms ground culture naturally emerged out of that and i i feel like today it continues to naturally and organically emerge from the things that i'm learning and the people that i'm meeting and my beautiful plant and mushroom teachers and now microbe teachers so yeah <laughs> it's kind of hard to say exactly what's going on right it's just life so that's what ground culture is and i'm i'm so grateful <laughs> 
Thank you so much, Ray, for sharing some of your story with us. That is very beautiful and inspiring. And I'm so glad that you found the path that you are on because it sounds like you're doing a lot of really important work to get this knowledge out to the people. And that cannot be underestimated in its value. So we're going to be chatting for about another 15 minutes all together here. And during that time, if you're out there listening and you have a question or a comment for anybody on the show today, or you want more information about the event or anything at all, you can give us a call. The number for the studio is 707-895-2448. So that is 707 805-2448 if you would like to join us on the cannabis hour today and keep talking about everything that we've been discussing during that time for this last little bit of the show so i'm interested to ask exactly like what specifically is the micro mud ball that folks are going to be making during this workshop um is it like an inoculated I'm assuming it's like an inoculated ball that folks can take home with them. Can somebody explain a little bit more about that? Okay, so the mud that we're going to use, it's going to be mud from the surrounding area of the Round Valley. We've encouraged people to bring as little or as much dirt as as they want. And this is going to be a collection and, and a story of all the different indigenous microbes of the Round Valley area. Um, so that's where a lot of the soil is going to come from. But then I'm going to have the Bokashi, and that's the inoculant. So we're going to roll the mud that everybody, everybody brings with the Bokashi. And then in when that mud ball starts to dry, that's when the fermentation takes place. And it's beautiful because they'll see the mud ball. It'll even grow hyphae all over itself. They'll become white and fuzzy. Um, so they're going to sit and dry for a minute. Then once they dry and basically have their little meeting, which means the indigenous microbes are going to be talking, you know, to the Bokashi and trying to figure out a plan on how to clean things up. Once those dry, then they're going to be distributed back to the community to take and spread out through the area, whether it's in your garden or back into the waterways, they're all going to have a beneficial effect on either land or water. Wonderful. So folks who are attending this workshop, they could bring, you know, some soil from their garden if they wanted to. Would that be appropriate? Not from the garden. We want it from the earth part, you know, the part that um, hasn't been taken care of. So it could be maybe next to a cedar tree that, you know, is, is wise in knowledge or, you know, maybe by an area that looks sick and maybe could need help. So different choice areas of earth that speaks to you, but the clay composite, it's got to hold together. So if I'm using like super healthy soil, that's not going to roll too good of a mud ball. But grabbing a little bit from outside the box area, that's what I'm looking for. The indigenous microbes from your area. The whole point is kind of go to our area. Find a place where you can tell like, man, I can see you nature here. Man, I can see, you know, the water. There's like fish moving here. Look at the understory. The plants are flowering. That's the kind of story that we want to come to roll the balls with. So find a place that you can connect with. If you can, before you take your soil, leave an offering, leave a prayer, leave a song, a little tobacco, just say thank you to that spot. And the little microbes that you're gonna enlist to be part of this big giant remediation of the community and really connect with that spot. And that's the kind of energy I'm looking for from the balls. There's this really special kind of 
I love you, Earth Place kind of mud. Got you. That thank you for clarifying that. That is key there. So how much soil should or how much of, of this mud should people bring when they come? Like a jar or like a bucket? What's the quantity we're looking for here? Let's go for well, I mean, it depends how many people are coming. So shoot, follow your heart anywhere from, a, you know, a, t- a gallon to five gallons, I guess would be nice. Yeah. You've got an excited community. I think we're going to have a nice turnout. Yeah, I say the more dirt we have, then that means the more mud we got to roll and the more fun we're going to have. So, um, yeah. Awesome. So this is a free community event, um, just so everybody knows that's listening. And, you know, like I said earlier, it's going to be taking place next Thursday on 420 from 1 to 3 on the um, patio of the Round Valley Library Commons, which is the public library in downtown Copolo. And it's free to the community, but I know that these folks are trying to raise some funds to cover the costs for them to, you know, come all the way here to this remote area and to facilitate this workshop for all of us. So if you're interested in supporting them in that way with some donations, um, how can how can folks get that those funds to you if they want to support this workshop? They can hit Katie's, um, they can hit Katie and, and reach out that way through their farm, um, ground culture tool, the Venmo through there. People can reach out and help that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys have uh, like a website for ground culture or an Instagram handle that you can share? Yeah. So our ground culture's website is www.groundculturepdx.com and PDX is for Portland, which is where we're from. Um, if you're interested in donating for the event, um, our Venmo is at Ground Culture. Um, also, if you want to support us, all of our sales from our online store on our website go to help make all of these educational workshops possible. So we have Bokashi balls for sale and seed bowls for sale and Bokashi for sale. So all of those, all of our sale online sales will help to support this event. So yeah, thank you everyone. Thank you. That is perfect to know. Thank you so much. So we've got about 10 minutes left here. I just want to remind our listeners that if they have a question about Bokashi or anything like that, they can give us a call. And the number for the studio is 707-895-2448. That is 707-895-2448. And I also just want to remind everyone that we still have this lost dog. Um, The name on the tag is Lotus. Lotus is a black and white Alaskan Malamute male who was found around Navarro and Flynn Creek. If you know Lotus, please call Pam at 707-895-3524. And I actually have my own lost dog announcement I would like to share. Well, it's a found dog, a large brown and white male dog possibly a Collie Shepherd mix found in Cobolo on 4-8 on Mendocino Pass Road. So if you know that dog, please call me at 610-517-6462. So that is 610-517-6462. All right. So back to you guys, Katie, I would love if you could share a little contact information too for Golden Fig Gardens if folks want to get in touch with you after the show today. Yeah, you can check out our website, 
Golden Fig Gardens at dot com. And I also wanted to thank the friends of the Round Valley Library who hold that beautiful community commons space where our weekly farmer's market is held in the Walnut Orchard and where we will be hosting this workshop. Um, They are going to be hosting the Earth Day Festival this weekend in Round Valley as well, which is going to be a very exciting community event. And so we want to encourage everyone who can join us on 420 to be present for that. And then it's going to be a whole weekend of fun in Round Valley. There will be a kids art show. Actually, all of the kids will be presenting their art on the watershed that is going to be presented in the library commons in the cafe area there on Friday night and then a full day festival on Saturday, April 22nd, which we will have an informational booth at. There's going to be music and food, multiple local bands performing, and it's going to be a really fun weekend. Come out and celebrate together this the soil and water that supports us all. Yes, thank you, Katie. Come out to Round Valley. We are here to welcome you. We've got a great fun weekend going on. Sounds like the Bokashi Ball Workshop is just the start of some awesome community stuff that's going to be happening. Um, You know, I often meet folks from Mendocino County who have lived here for decades or even their whole lives who rarely ever come out to Round Valley. And I do really encourage people to come check out the farmer's market on Friday if they're interested in this area. We have a really beautiful farmer's market and uh, we do have a lot of events that go on at the Round Valley Commons. So thank you, Katie, for giving a shout out to the friends of the Round Valley Public Library and that space that they hold there, because it really is the center for our community. We also have Noah here who would like to do um, an announcement in Spanish to the bilingual members of our community as well. Yes, thank you. That is perfect timing. Noah, would you like to go ahead with that Spanish translation for the Bokashi Ball Workshop? Sure. Yeah, I would like to do that. Okay. There's some fancy words in Spanish here. Uh, <laughs> vamos a tener un taller de biorremediación y microorganismos efectivos con Guatemoc Vía of Ground Culture en asociación con Golden Fig Gardens el, el jueves de abril 20 de las 1 a las 3 de la tarde en el patio de la Libra, Library Commons. Y va a ser un, un, un uh, evento libre para la comu- comunidad. Uh, I think that's it. Awesome. Thank you, Noah. Is there anything that you want to add um, about Golden State Gardens or Bokashi? I, I am so excited that this is going to happen and to meet Guatemoc. And I think it's going to be a great event for the overall community and our watersheds. And it's going to be magical. I'm looking really forward to it. Wonderful. Thank you so much. That's Noah there. He's the other half of Golden Fig Gardens doing a Spanish translation for us um, for the information around the Bokashi Ball Workshop. That is really valuable. So thank you, Noah, so much for doing that. That thank is you, Jen, for yes. this awesome radio show. I'm glad you put this together. Oh, thank you very much. Well, that all that to Katie, and I wanted to make sure to thank her while we were on the air today 
as she was the catalyst for the show today, connecting me with Quadimoke and Ray to do this show. So a lot of gratitude for you, Katie. You're an awesome member of our community. You're so passionate and you're always bringing so much to the table for us all to engage with. So I wanted to say thank you. Thanks, Jen. Yes. All right. So we've got a couple minutes left here today. We have time for like one or maybe two callers. So I just want to give that opportunity one more time that if you are interested in calling and asking any questions, that number is 707-895-2448. That is 707-895-2448. All right. So we have a call. Perfect timing. Okay, Eddie, do you want to go put that caller through and we will say hello with them? Hi, caller, you are live here on the Cannabis Hour. Are you here with us? Looks like we lost him. All right, no problem. Okay, so Quadimoke and Ray, I'm wondering if either of you have any other events coming up soon that you want to share with our listeners, maybe other Bokashi workshops or things going on with ground culture? Um, we do have one other class that we're going to be doing while we're down in California. We're going to be doing a um, gardening with mushrooms and microbes workshop. And that's going to be the day, it's going to be on April 22nd, which is a Saturday, the Saturday after this uh, mud ball workshop. And that's going to be one to three. And do you want to share where, where, we, where we're going to have the workshop? Oh yeah, it's going to be located at uh, in the Po Valley in Napa at our, our Inner Tribal Council Community Center that's being built. It's a great place to see what's being done in the local Native community there in Napa, and they have beautiful earthwork houses going on out there. Just a great display of great things going on. So yeah, check that out. And then if you go to the website, um, I think all of our um, what all of our workshops have been available online too. So you don't have to be in Portland to attend one of our workshops. We've been doing them all Zoom, and and that's how we met Katie. So, you know, um, that's available to people as well. If you need scholarships for something, always reach out and let us know because, you know, things like this is what evolves when you give things away. So big up, Katie, for putting it all together and the radio station for putting the word out. Awesome. We do have one caller here. So we're going to take them real quick with just a couple minutes left here. Hi, caller. You're live on the Cannabis Hour. Do you have a question or comment? Yes. Hello. Um, My question is, would someone please spell Bokashi and maybe give some online places where I could read a little more about it? Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you so much. Great question. And we will give you your answer off it off the line here. Okay. Thank so Quadimok, do you want to go ahead and tell them where they can find more information, maybe on your website or something like that? Yeah, our website has um information on Bokashi. On that, I'm, I'm not sure, but you have a local producers too as well. I know Grokashi was produced out of Leightonville. I'm not sure if they're still in operation. And there's a couple other people, but if you go to terraganics.com. Those are the big dogs. They have the big, all the paperwork and the data that you need to know to move forward. Uh, it's T E R G A N I X. And then scdprobiotics.com, another great company that makes Bokashi that has great information and data on it as well. So the, the, that's what you want to look for. 
Awesome. And that is, oh, go ahead. Bokashi is B-O-K-A-S-H-I. Thank you, Katie. Yes. Awesome. So we are reaching the last minute of our show here today. So I'm just going to go around and give you all a chance to just say goodbye to our listeners and share just any quick final words you have here. Katie, you want to go first? I just want to thank everybody for coming out. And I'm really looking forward to a gathering of um, all the different diverse elements of our beautiful Round Valley community. Thank you. Beyond. Okay, Ray. Um, just thank you so much, Katie and Jennifer, for making this happen today and for making this workshop possible. We're super excited to meet you and to roll mud balls together. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, Cody Mock, go ahead. And to do this thing on 420, back where it all started, come on out. Let's get our hands dirty. Let's share in the love. And they say 420 is dead is what I hear up there. I don't believe it because what Katie put together and the community I'm talking to, we're more alive than ever. So come out and make some mud balls with us. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. If you need more information on this event, you can email me at kzyxcannabishour at gmail.com. That's kzyxcannabishour at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be back two weeks from today with another show for you all. And I'll be back two weeks from today with another show for you all. Until then, have a beautiful day. Thank you. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM. KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM. And Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org. And consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.